Hey friends, welcome to Living in His Purpose podcast, where we recognize that in God's purpose, He has the perfect spot for you. If you're a Christian woman and you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious by this rat race way of life, and you're ready to find simplicity God's way, you're in the right spot. By replacing negative mindsets and habits with God's word, we're going to give Holy Spirit permission to come in and help us walk bravely in this upside down world. These are not easy things to face, sweet friend. You're going to have to put on your big girl pants. So pull them up, grab a drink, and let's get going. Episode 10. Woohoo, we are in double digits. It's been a long, rainy, dreary day here today. If you're here, heavy breathing in the background, Miss Charlotte is bored beyond measure. Okay, so just a side note there. So today I want to talk about something that has been on my mind and heart for the last couple of years pretty seriously. You know, two and a half years ago, I became a professional organizer. And I really love that job. I love the changes that people have in their lives. And I love working with people as they go through some really tough stuff to get rid of their clutter. And I did find that the decluttering part was probably my favorite as opposed to the quote unquote organizing part, because you get so much more bang for your buck. So today I want to look at how does clutter affect our bodies, our souls and our spirits. So what does organizing have to do with godliness anyway? I'm so glad you asked. In 1 Corinthians 14.40, it says, Be sure that everything is done properly and in order. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, mainly to myself, to remind myself that God is not a God of chaos. He is a God of order. And this is where I think organizing gets biblical. Now, I, I know that some people say you shouldn't spiritualize everything, but I think in this case, we can. I look at it, if you have things that are taking your time, your thoughts, your energy away from the purpose that God is giving you in this life, you're being deceived. I don't want to say that clutter is evil, but I think that if you're not focusing on God, that you're not doing what he'd want you to be doing. So if you have so much stuff, whether that's physical, digital, or even your time, that you don't have time to sit with God, I think you need to be thinking about your priorities. So when we look at how clutter affects our bodies physically, I have done some research on this just a little bit, and I found some really interesting things. I want to point out that clutter isn't just things. Science has proven that too much digital clutter, like social media notifications, news feeds, games, etc., has the same effect on our brain as physical clutter. So let me share some thoughts with you about how clutter affects us physically. And of course, as a nurse, this just fascinates me. Our brains naturally love order. And I think that's something that God is giving us because he's one of order. And honestly, this is why I think I love to organize. I feel so much better and less stressed when I've organized and decluttered my space. And I know there are others out there just like me. Clutter around us, it like I said, either digital or items, can trigger the release of cortisol. And cortisol is a stress hormone. It helps our bodies in acute situations to flee or to fight. Cortisol levels are highest in the morning and they gradually decrease as the day goes on. But if you're in a chronically cluttered environment, it stays elevated. And these elevated cortisol levels produce anxiety and tension and put you into a perpetual low-grade state of fight or flight. So let's talk about what cortisol levels do to you physically. 
we're applying this to organize and decluttering, but this really can be applied to any other area that you're feeling stressed. First, blood flow increases to your muscles. It decreases from other parts of your brain or your body, like your brain, where you make decisions and you react logically. Then your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, your blood sugar goes up, your body releases fats into the bloodstream, and all of this is happening to prepare your body to deal with whatever is stressing you out. But if you never deal with this stress, all of the above changes are bad for you. They're bad for your brain and have lasting negative effects, which include organ damage and damage to your immune system, your hormone production, your reproductive system. They're all being negatively impacted. Your sleep cycle is disrupted. Your metabolism is lowered. And bottom line, when your body is trying to cope with stress, you cannot maintain a state of well-being. Back in 2016, Cornell University did a study that showed that clutter could also trigger coping and avoidance strategies like eating junk food, oversleeping, binge watching. In 2009, a study was done out of UCLA's Center of Everyday Lives of Families, and it shows that women who perceive their homes to be cluttered tend to have unhealthy cortisol levels. So they collected data over four years, and they showed that more clutter equals more stress. So what can be done about this? Well, science has proven to help decrease your cortisol levels for some people, declutter. (laughs) Princeton University Neuroscience Institute researchers did a study that monitored people performing tasks in a cluttered versus uncluttered environment. The findings were that people were more productive and less irritable and distracted when the area was less cluttered. So how does this work? Well, researchers have narrowed it down to the visual cortex in the brain. It gets overwhelmed when there's too much clutter in your environment. And that clutter is competing for attention in your brain and decreases our ability to focus and process information. That's why you might find yourself straightening up your desk when you sit down before you start your task. The brain literally has a limited capacity to process information. And here's what it boils down to. Decluttering our homes of things that do not bring us joy or things that we don't use helps us relax, restore, and rejuvenate. So we can say that there are health benefits to decluttering. We have some control over some of our health issues, but we have to make this a conscious choice. We can't have unrealistic expectations from the world or from others. If you're surrounded by clutter and you just don't know where to start, I would tell you to make a list of what you want to accomplish in your home and start with one area that would make a difference for you. For some people, it's a bedroom, which is a sanctuary that if you declutter it and organize it, it's going to help them rest better, feel calmer. For others, it's a kitchen, the hub of family life, or maybe tackling all the papers in your home. If you let go of that chaos, how much energy would be freed up to focus on what is most important for you? So we've talked about how clutter affects our bodies. Let's look at how it affects our souls. And remember, that's where our thoughts, our emotions, our imaginations, our will, etc., where they reside. Organizing can feel really overwhelming. But if you let that clutter continue to pile up, it's going to take out all of your energy. If you have clutter in your home, I want you to do this. I want you to go sit in the area, look around, and observe how you're feeling. Do you feel stressed? Overwhelmed? depressed? Clutter can cause all these emotional problems. And here's some more fun facts about clutter and the cost of clutter. First of all, it robs you of your energy. It steals 50% of your storage space. It makes life harder. You have to look longer, dig deeper to find the things you're looking for. It takes longer to clean. It costs you money. If you can't find what you need, you have to buy a replacement or you have to stop paying to store your clutter. 
Clutter makes it hard to think straight. It affects how you feel about yourself and you may be self-conscious or feel guilty about clutter. It can affect your relationships. You know, if you feel ashamed about the clutter in your house, you're not going to invite people over. Clutter takes away the peace and the beauty from your home. So you might be asking, what is clutter exactly? Well, clutter is anything you can't keep under control. And everyone has a different threshold at which this stuff becomes clutter in our homes. How much stuff I can take around me is very different from other people's. When it comes to organizing in the real world, there is a big difference between what people really want and what they think they want. And this is what I mean. People feel that their homes should look like what they see on TV home organizing shows. But what they really want is just to be able to find the package of batteries that they bought last week at Walmart. If you're wanting to look into getting your life organized, I would challenge you to stop and think about for a while if you would rather have space or stuff. Our stuff in our house has to have limits. That doesn't mean that we can't have beautiful things in our home because we can. It's a place to feel comfortable. But when you start spending more time managing all of your things, all of your stuff, then it has controlled you. You're not controlling it. So how can you think about decluttering and organizing that's going to get your results? Where do you start? When we declutter our homes, what we're doing is keeping the things that we need. We're sifting through all the other stuff that we don't need and we're pulling out those little treasures, those things that we want to keep. One way to fight clutter is to use containers as limits. And the container is going to tell your brain, you can have this much of this item and that's it. And that, that will help. I would suggest if you're serious about decluttering your house, don't worry about trying to sell things. Now, I understand if you have large items you're wanting to get rid of, then I can see selling those things. But if you have a box of things that you've collected throughout your house and you're thinking you can get $10, I'd really consider how far that $10 is going to go. What about changing your mindset and thinking there are people who could use the stuff? If I just donate it, it's out of your way. You don't have to take time to clean around it. You've already made the decision to get rid of it. And think about how it's going to make you feel to have this stuff gone. In my personal experience as a professional organizer, I cannot tell you how many times I filled up the back of my car with the things that people just felt like they were done with. And some of them thought about selling it, but always afterwards, all of them were just glad to get rid of it. So here's a few tips to help with clutter, especially let's look at kids. One thing that I've always recommended is don't buy them things for their birthdays or for Christmas. Buy them experiences. Yes, some kids will remember all the little doodle ducks that they've got around their room that they grew up with, but most of them don't. <laughs> they will remember the experiences they had most definitely. When you shop, have a plan for where everything is going to go. And this is a lesson I learned recently when I moved into a very small home. I had to be very specific about where things were going to go. My clutter threshold will not allow me to have boxes around the walls. Everything has to have a place and everything needs to be in its place. I know it's been overstated in the organizing circles, but the things that you keep, you need to find joy in. For example, now when I sit in my living room, I look on the walls and I see all the pictures. I find so much joy in them. I have a wall of different things that I found a few months before I moved, random, low-cost items that I found beautiful and thought somehow they'll all fit together. I put them on the wall and lo and behold, they do. And the collection's just beautiful. The colors make me happy. The shapes of the pictures, the designs, they're joyful to me. I can look on another wall and see a painting that my grandmother made and it brings me joy. I can see things that I made in my cricket days and how I can make the winter months much more joyful looking at the little knickknacks that I've made. But I have a place for them. I have a time and a place for them. And knowing that gives them purpose. Let's let go of the guilt of letting stuff go, of decluttering. 
If you're serious about decluttering and getting your home organized, you need to put in your mind that there will be things you will never use. And if you get rid of them, it will not be the end of the world. As you go through your decluttering process, there are a couple of things that I want to keep in the front of your brain. Realize that you need to find your threshold for clutter. It's going to be different than anyone else. Decluttering is just having fewer things. Keep that your focus. If you have a lot of things that you have to go through, just remove a little bit. Decluttering is just having fewer things. If you keep that your focus, eventually you will create the space that you want that feels comfortable. Some people don't like empty spaces. They like things in their space. I didn't realize it until I moved, but apparently I like something on every wall. I enjoy it. It makes me happy. But I also know that I don't have boxes of pictures in the closet. Everything I like is out. And if I look around and decide, well, someday, well, I don't want that picture anymore, I don't have to think hard about it. I'll remove it, donate it, move it on down the road. Here are two very important questions to ask yourself while, you're, while you are decluttering and organizing your home. And I always, always, always ask these questions of my clients when they say, do I need this? Number one, if you needed this, where would you look for it? And then go put it there. And number two, if you needed this, would you remember that you had it? If you aren't going to remember that you even have it, just donate it. Just get rid of it. Remember, every drawer, every closet, every room is like a container. It's going to dictate how much stuff can fit in there. One thing that I've noticed over the last couple of years as a professional organizer, and this is a question that I've had people ask me a lot, is could you come over and organize my insert family member of choice? They really need it. Well, we can't change other people's mindsets about their clutter. They're going to have a whole different level of acceptability of how much clutter they have in their lives, and we can't change other people. If you're serious about organizing, get help. Ask a friend to come over and help you as you work through your decluttering, getting rid of things, or hire a professional organizer. It's very, very beneficial to have someone who is not emotionally attached to your items help you go through, look at your items in from a different perspective so that you're keeping what you love, getting rid of what you don't, so that you'll be content and peaceful in your home. Sadly, a lot of things that we have in our home are from dreams that we've collected along the way. I'm going to start a cupcake business. So you go out and you buy all the supplies you need for cupcakes, the pots, the pans, the molds, the icings, whatever you use because I'm not a cupcake maker, <laughs> all of those things. And now that was 10 years ago. You're done with that season of your life where you're making cupcakes, but you held on to the items because maybe one day. Decluttering and organizing is hard because there are a lot of choices that have to be made along the way and that's okay. It's okay to be in different seasons of your life. I think a lot of us make ourselves feel bad because we didn't do what we said we were going to do. Well, why hold on to those things that remind you of the things that make you feel bad? One awesome thing about the Lord is that every day is a new day and I really truly believe that this is applicable to everything that we do. Every day is a new day if you are a collector of items that just sit in boxes now and you feel bad about that so you, you don't want to go through the boxes. It's okay to grab a friend and say, hey, I just need to talk through this as I put this stuff in my car to donate and it's okay to say, I'm done with that. That isn't a pastime I'm going to have anymore. I thought one day I would be able to put or do this or see this or read this or make this or bake this, but I don't. And I've come to the realization that I have different ideas and things that I want to get accomplished in life. Those goals change. They pivot. Don't be hard on yourself. That's a good thing. I think sometimes it's hard to get into that closet and go through those boxes because we're afraid of all the emotions that might be in there. And here, once again, it's okay. It may be that you don't go through the boxes to see what you can get rid of. You just go through the boxes and see what's in there. 
open it up, take it all out, look at each item, see how it makes you feel. But I guarantee you there will be things in that box you didn't even know were there and you don't have any emotional attachment to. And those are things you can get rid of. One of the things that I did before I moved because I knew I didn't have a lot of storage and this had also been something that had been sitting in the back of my brain for years was to go through all of my trinkets from childhood. And actually, I have done this several times throughout my life, and I've kind of parred down the level of what I've kept. I've just put them all in a box. And when I was, before I moved, I was able to put all of them in one box, a smaller box, and it's all in one place. Now, when you have children and they start collecting things, it just gets a little trickier. In kindergarten, their first handprints are adorable. And you know, by the end of kindergarten, you've got 32 pictures of their handprints. You have their first samplings of their handwriting. You have stories that they've written. And as they go through school, you have all these different types of pictures and projects and things with dried moss falling apart at the bottom of a box. And you think, what am I going to do with all that? And you feel guilty about getting rid of it. Well, here's one suggestion. That is what I did. This is what I did. And I don't know that it would work for everyone, but it really worked for me. Shutterfly is an awesome company. There's probably other companies that do this too, but I just really appreciate Shutterfly. I've been using them for years to create digital scrapbooks. I took out a table. I put it in the middle of the room. I got a very bright light so that I could shine it down on the table on all the items that were in these boxes. I took them out. I looked at them. I thought about this. And this is a long process. This doesn't happen quickly. This is not an hour-long process when you're going through memories. But I would take out a picture and I would look at it and I would try to remember when it was drawn or any memories that were attached to it. And I'll tell you 90% of the time, I didn't remember anything. <laughs> but it was cute to see my daughter's first report card and things like that. So I laid the item on the table. I took a picture and I made sure the picture wasn't blurry. It had good lighting. I could see all of the detail. And then I continued on with each picture until the boxes were empty. These are things that I didn't really need to put my hands on or I just wanted to see the handwriting. I wanted to see the colors she chose when she made her family picture. I wanted to see the shape of her hand. I wanted to see the stories that she wrote about an imaginary bunny and these things that I really wanted to be able to see again but not necessarily put my hands on. So I took all of these pictures, downloaded it into Shutterfly, created a book and now I have one book of all the things that my daughter made in the first 10 years that she lived with me and I love it and I have it where I can get to it. It's not in a box taking up space in the closet or in the garage. It doesn't wear on my heart that these items are deteriorating. I have them all pictured very easily to see in a little book and it brings me so much joy for many reasons. One, because I decluttered a large amount of stuff and two, it's now on display. I can see it. I'll look through it again and again whereas if it's in a box that wouldn't happen and then when I die they go through my stuff and wonder why in the world I kept it all. <laughs> Here's a secret from what I've learned as a professional organizer. Your kids don't care about the stuff that you've saved. You may think it's extremely important, but they don't. I have helped many, many clients help clean out their attics, their parents' attics, their garages, their basements, and ask, why did they keep this stuff? One of the pointers that I tell my clients is, if you love it, put it out on display. So when do you throw things out or donate things? If you haven't used it in a year or more, or if you don't love it, if it's broken, missing parts, you can't replace, or you don't fit in, it doesn't feel comfortable, these are times to get rid of things. So what are some benefits of donating? Well, you can get the clutter out of your house a whole lot quicker. It can be a tax write-off. You're helping someone who could use it. And here's what I found in Deuteronomy that can be applied to donating. It says, but if there are any poor Israelites in your town, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. That's Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 8. 
In Luke 12, 33, Jesus is talking and he says, sell your possessions, give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Well, that's a little bit of a conviction, isn't it? So I know a lot of people want to tackle their clutter as they look at all the things that are sitting in front of them. But let me remind you, there is a reason those, those things are sitting there. There is a mindset that you have or had that has caused you to purchase all of those items, whether it was the thought you were going to save money because they were on sale, whether it was a thought you don't want to let it go because you might someday need it. It is something in your mind that's causing you to have this clutter. If you want to get organized, you have to look into your mindset. You have to start on the inside. Have you ever thought about a vision for your life, an ideal life vision? It's just a little picture of what you would love your life to look like if, it, if you could do anything in life. Not all at once, but once you create your vision, you can begin taking steps. There's a saying, if we change our thoughts, we can change the world. Our actions are influenced by our emotions and our thoughts. I would encourage you to take a moment, stop, write down what your priorities are in life, what do you value most, what things are most important to you. And if you ask a lot of people, it's not the knickknack collection, it's their marriage, it's good health, it's time with their children, it's a peace of mind, it's having quiet time with the Lord, it's being able to travel, learn new things, having a clean house. And those are things that you just want to figure out, what are your priorities? I want to give you permission to stop for a moment and think about just yourself. Not in a selfish way, but in a way that will help you define what kind of person you want to be so that you are the most you can be for those around you. These are important things, and I know it doesn't sound connected to organizing and decluttering, but it really is. What's manifested on the outside is a mirror put up to what's on the inside. I won't get into all the details of organizing and what kind of containers to buy, how to go through each room and things like that. But while we're here, let's get a little practical, shall we? I know that's probably why you're listening. <laughs> so let's get you started. First of all, there are some things that we need to establish. Organizing is not a one and done. It takes planning and foresight. So I have created a checklist that I'll include in the show notes if you're interested in how to get yourself started in organizing. And this will help you get away from that overwhelmed feeling. This can be applied to whatever space you choose to organize. Second, you have to evaluate your mindset. There is a quote that I've seen from an author that I don't, it's an unknown author that says it perfectly. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. Set your mind to do this and you will get it done. And number three, give yourself permission to just get started. Perfection is not required. Who has time for that anyway? Pick a space, pick a time, and just start. But here are some potential pitfalls that you need to be aware of before you get started. First of all, having high expectations. Instagram. Gotta love Instagram. It sets the bar pretty high for how we think our space should look after we organize it. But let me set your mind at ease. Most of those before and after pictures are staged. Yep, more than likely this, this space doesn't look like that when the people are actually living in it. And here's a professional tip. Don't compare your space to others. Think about the end goal. What do you want this space to do for you? How do you want it to feel? Here's a second pitfall. Not giving yourself enough time. Now, depending on the size of the space, how quickly you make decisions, how emotionally attached you are to your things, that's going to determine how quickly your space gets organized. And here's a professional tip. Start with a small space, one drawer, one shelf, a small closet, and this allows you to practice the process, gradually working into larger space and increasing your confidence. 
And here's the last pitfall, fear of letting go. The bottom line is we all have too many things. If you find yourself overwhelmed just looking at the space, you probably have too much stuff. There will have to be some internal work, some decision making before you start your project. And decision making fatigue is a real thing. Here's a professional tip. When you can't decide if you want to keep something, ask yourself these six questions with sincere intention. Do I need it? Will I use it? Would I buy it again? Does it make me happy, sad, or indifferent? Do I have a place for it? Would someone else get more use out of it than I would? Okay, so there are four steps to organizing. Don't make this hard, okay? Step one, decide where you're going to organize. Look at what its purpose is of the space, how you want it to feel. Step two is decluttering. This includes throwing away the trash, relocating items that go into different spaces, donating, or recycling. The next step is sorting. And this part of the process always reminds me of that song on Sesame Street, which of these things is not like the other. It's pretty self-explanatory, but let me give you some examples. In the kitchen, put all the soups together. Put all the pastas together. Put all the cereals together. In your closet, put all the long sleeve shirts together. Put your pants together. Put your underwear together. In the hall closet, put your hair care products together. Put each person's personal items together. So here's a note. When you're doing this sorting, use this time to make a second go round of things you can donate. And you'll be amazed at how much more leaves the space. Keep in mind the purposes of the space and how you want it to feel when you're done. And the last stage of organizing is containing and labeling. And tragically, this is where most people want to start. But you have to know what you have left before you can go out and buy all those pretty bins. So before you go and buy all those pretties, look at what kind of items you have left after you sort to determine the size of containers you're going to need. And more than likely, you already have the bins that you can work with for your space. Even shoe boxes will do. If you decide to go with containers, go neutral. But And remember, next summer when styles have changed yet again, it's going to be hard to find those matching baskets. But maybe you want to be updated every so often. So go ahead and be bold. <laughs> measure, measure, measure again before purchasing those baskets and bins. Take into account how they're going to sit on the shelf. Read the reviews on Amazon. It's very helpful. If people are saying the item is flimsy, it probably is. And then is labeling necessary? We all know what Fruit Loops look like, right? But if you have two kinds of flowers in the pantry, labeling is a must. If you just go out and label it, then go for it. Make the space work for you. But if you're having to do a lot of upkeep on your labels, then you might want to reevaluate that. So those are the four easy steps of organizing. I've attached a link to my guide down below. And what I want to do is help take that overwhelm out of organizing and create a space that brings joy and satisfaction. Okay, so let's tidy up with the spiritual effects of clutter. Paul wrote, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm men and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's referring to the, ba the bonds of legalism and the law that the church in Galatia was struggling with, but it can't be applied to clutter around us. If Christ died to make us free, then we can't let anything make us a slave, whether it's digital, physical, spiritual. Here's a quote from Courtney Ellis's book, Uncluttered. Anything that comes before God in our lives, anything we place on par with him, anything that threatens our allegiance, bends our will, or weakens our love for God and neighbor, threatens not just our space and our schedule, but our very souls. I challenge you to let go of what is non-essential. Let him go. See what happens to your heart. Allow your heart to grow calmer, quieter, more open, more joyful, and lighter. When we let go of things that are cluttering around us, we don't get to see what's truly essential, which is God. Simplicity is truly a desire from God for us. In simplicity, we can have time for him. 
managing our clutter, all that time, it's stealing time from God. John 10, 10 and 11 says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Whether the clutter is our physical stuff or our digital environment, busy schedules or whatever it is, the more of it you have, the less of God you have. Remember Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 19 and 21, where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. God isn't a God of stuff. He has very little interest in our possessions, except to remind us that they cannot become our number one concern. Instead, he cares for us, our soul, our spirit, and our body. One way to think of it is that when Jesus came to earth, he didn't come here to accumulate things. He didn't come here to make himself comfortable. He came poor. He didn't have a home, but he came here to do the work that God had for him. It can be humbling to look around and see all the effort, time, money, and mental energy that we have decided to put into our stuff rather than using those resources to further the kingdom of God. The good news is that God has a plan. He has a purpose. He's abundant in mercy and love and grace. God wants us. He longs for us to declutter every area of our lives so we could fully enjoy the freedom and joy he has blessed us with. He loves us so much to give us the ultimate sacrifice with his son dying on the cross for our sins. He gives us love upon love. He blesses us, his children, with talents and wisdom and gifts and even eternity. To not take advantage of all that he has provided is wasteful. As we declutter our stuff, we're getting rid of our physical things, but also consider other areas in your life, your spirituality, your mental health, finances, your career, and you'll find time, money, peace, energy, space, freedom, and joy that you didn't even know you had. Today's world offers us lots and lots of choices for anything, anything you can think of, even down to the color of the Google Drive folder that you have. You have these options in this mindset of all of these options. It's molded us to believe that more is better. But you know, the prince of this world is Jesus' enemy. And so we can't fall into the information, the hubbub of the world. We have to look at how Jesus lived his life. He didn't travel around with a moving van. He didn't collect a bunch of stuff. He had what he needed. He was more interested in his relationships with his friends, how he impacted people, how he served his father, how he concentrated on his calling in life and eternity. He trusted God and had the full expectation that God would meet all his needs because he's the son. And remember, we're God's children too. So how do we have this balance between the struggle of having nice things and having too many nice things? We have to be intentional. We have to develop a practice of reflecting on what our true treasures of our heart are. You have to decide, is spending more time with your stuff or do you want to spend time with your kids? In Psalm 90 verse 12, the writer says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. One thing I do want to point out is that through all of your stuff and decluttering, it's a really hard job. It's going to take a lot out of you. And you need to remember that all of your work that you're putting into this you need to keep that. Don't get into that predicament again. Start by being intentional with how you shop, how you're listening to marketing voices. Evaluate your heart when you're buying things and don't and you just keep keeping up with the Joneses. Are you clinging to the past to be more comfortable? Do you have a more is better mindset? Just think about these things logically and look at the temptation that the world is absolutely putting in our way. Material things can give us pleasure for a moment, but honestly, there's no security in our stuff. It doesn't bring us long-term joy. It shouldn't matter what anyone else does or has. Our pleasures are found in the treasure of our own heart, not our neighbor's. 
We're assured over and over again that God will provide for all our needs. We don't need to store up an overabundance of unnecessary things in an effort to feel secure. Imagine that vision for your life to not have to go back and repeat this process. Luke 12, 15 says, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. 1 John 2, 15, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. That's 15 through 17. We must remember that everything we truly need will be given to us from our Savior. So maybe some of what we're doing when we're gathering things and saving things is not fully trusting that God will take care of us. God asks for our total dedication, a complete devotion, and our full attention. If our minds are cluttered with negative thoughts, negative behaviors, and a bunch of stuff that could be related to our stress, we're not going to be able to give our all to God. When we have this bad stress, if we don't treat it or put it into check, it can hold us back from experiencing joy, purpose, and living our full potential. It can produce real, very real, debilitating physical ailments. Bad stress can shorten your life. But God wants all of us, and he wants us to be healthy in mind, heart, body, and soul. If your clutter is contributing to your stress, find a way to manage it. Don't allow it to manage you. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. After you've done your decluttering, considering yourself like an empty vessel before God, you've emptied yourself of all that extra stuff that's been separating you from time with him. Make every effort to ensure that God is what you'll fill that space up with. We have to always be on guard and make intentional choices. But if we remain undisciplined in our sin nature, we're going to free fall, end up right back where we were, or even worse, consider that all we have and all we are is from God, and he deserves our firsts. The moral is, fill up with good so more evil can't fill you up. Now to wrap things up. In Matthew 22, 37, 38, Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. When we allow our things, our stuff, our time, our schedules, our mind, our everything to be full of clutter and things that are of no use to God, we're not applying this first and greatest commandment. So this is how organizing is biblical. When we're surrounded by extra stuff, we're not surrounded by God. Remember when Elijah was in the mountain and there was a windstorm, an earthquake, and a firestorm, but God wasn't there. He was in the still, small voice. He's in the calm. He's in the margins. This is where he wants to be found. He's not going to come and bellow himself in your life. He's wanting you to create the space to find him. And we're having to spend all of our time managing our stuff, managing our too many commitments, managing all of the things that are cluttering our lives. We don't have time for him. And how sad that must make him. So I want to encourage you to take the next step. If you've had it on your mind that you're overwhelmed with what you have, you're overwhelmed with all the clutter around you, I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you to step in faith and do this bravely. You can do it. You have the power of God behind you to be brave and tell the world, I don't need your stuff. I have a different plan. My treasures are in heaven, not here. And I pray for your journey. I pray that God gives you the peace with this decision and he gives you an action plan. If you need help, reach out. I can help you. I can help you discover the obstacles that you're having that are preventing you from living the life that you know God has for you. It's not silly. It's not ridiculous to think that physical things can affect our spiritual life. It's a fact. Remember, God is good. God is faithful. He will give you the tools and the knowledge and the faith and the bravery that you need to accomplish your goals. 
Have a great week and thanks for listening, friends. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here with me, and I'm hoping that you received a word. Let me close with a passage of scripture. Rejoice in your confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. By doing this, sweet friend, you're going to find that you can take those thoughts captive and change that mindset and be anxious for nothing. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time.